Welcome to Palm Vista Community Church as we continue our series in the letter to the Galatians, this series we've entitled Fresh Faith, Fresh Faith. And today's message is entitled Keeping in Step with the Spirit, Keeping in Step with the Spirit. And our text is Galatians 5.25 through Galatians 6.10, Galatians 5.25 through Galatians 6.10. And in this text this morning, God reveals what it looks like, what it means for you and for me, for us to keep in step with the Spirit and why it has such eternal consequences. Are you aware of how important it is to keep in step with the Spirit? Do you feel like you are keeping in step with the Spirit? Do you know what it looks like to keep in step with the Spirit? Well, that's the question that God answers for us here in this letter to the Galatians written by the Apostle Paul. And he begins that answer in Galatians 5.25 through 6.10. But, but here's my desire, church. My desire and my prayer is that God, the Holy Spirit, would illumine to your souls right now the truths of this word, but do it in a way that encourages and empowers you because God, the Holy Spirit, dwells in you. If you are a Christian, God, the Holy Spirit, is in you. He dwells in you. He's given you life. So he's the one that's going to teach you and reveal to you how to keep in step with him. Does that make sense? So I pray that, that as you hear these words, they would bring life. They would bring grace and an encouragement that God is the one, God, the Holy Spirit, who's going to teach you how to keep in step with himself as he indwells you, dear Christian. And by the way, if you're not sure if God the Holy Spirit indwells you, first of all, thank you for being here. If, if, you, if you're just checking this Christianity thing out, thank you for coming. My prayer is that God the Holy Spirit would illumine your heart, listen, and convict you of sin and reveal to you your Savior, Jesus. He was sent to reveal the Son, Jesus, and that today would be the day of your new birth by the power of God the Holy Spirit. So I pray, I pray all of that for all of us. So you ready for the scripture? Here we go. Galatians 5.25. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Verse, chapter 6, verse 1. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is anything when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each one will have to bear his own load. Verse 6. One who is taught the word must share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will one also reap. For the one who sows to his flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. So then, 
as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Last Christmas in our Christmas community group Christmas party, we had Javi, Maite's son, Maite Nestor's son, teach us La Rueda, which is a salsa dance where the couples get in a circle. Rueda is the word for circle in Spanish. And Javi was teaching us all these steps, these wonderful steps, dame, enchufla, adios, exhibe. And then at one point he'd say, grita, and everybody would stamp and they would, hey. And it took some of us longer than others to learn all those steps. But we laughed so hard. But eventually, after Javi drilled it into us and drilled it into us and, and we, we got those steps down and we knew how to you know, twirl our wives around and we knew when to do what to do that he was calling out. Then when the music started going, we did it full speed. It was actually, it looked kind of nice. Like I'm not saying we we're ready for Broadway or anything, but it, it looked pretty cool. We were all in step with that song, following the commands of Javi who was leading us in that. And see, that's what Paul is saying here. That's what God is saying here. He wants us as a church to be in step with the gospel song. The Holy Spirit is the one who is issuing forth the commands. And when we as a church learn how to dance La Rueda spiritually, the gospel dance It's a beautiful thing. Have you ever been to a wedding? Have you ever been maybe to an event here in South Florida all the time? And there are just some people that know how to dance and others that kind of don't. And the ones that kind of don't are kind of sitting there going, that looks like a lot of fun, but I'm horrified to go out there because I'll be so embarrassed. I'm not looking at you, Sam, but you know, some of us just would have that thought, right? But we want to get out on the dance floor, don't we? And it's so much fun when we do. Okay, so if you're not Hispanic, it's the line dancing, right? You got your boots on, you're, you know, you're doing whatever, okay. But, but there's a point in every event, social event, where the group gets up and, and they're having fun together and they're shouting together and they're dancing together and it looks beautiful, right? Well, see, that's, that's the gospel dance here, keeping in step with the Spirit. Corey alluded to it two weeks ago. When we're doing that dance together, when we are caring for one another as a church, the the world sees that and goes, they're having a lot of fun. What's that song they're dancing to? What's going on there? They're all so different. And so what God is giving us today is he's teaching us that dance so that we can get up off of our chairs and get on the dance floor and enjoy that time together. Because it is God's dance. It is God's spirit who's calling out these things to do. And he's saying, keep in step with the spirit. And he's saying to us, what does that look like? Well, last week, Corey said, it looks like following the desires of the spirit that now indwells us and not the flesh that sadly is still fighting against the spirit, right? Well, this week, God gives us specific dance steps. He makes it really, really clear, very, very practical. How do I keep in step with the Spirit? What does this dance look like that's the gospel dance that the Spirit is leading us in, that when the world sees it, they say, I'm going to be part of that group. I'm not sure why, but there's something there. And here it is. Here's, Here's the summary. This is keeping in step with the Spirit. You ready? Care for one another by the Spirit. Care for one another by the Spirit. It's a three step dance. 
This is, this is what God is saying. That when we keep in step with the Spirit, we are caring for one another. Step one, restore the one caught in sin. Restore the one caught in sin. This is the first step of God's Spirit dance. The dance that he's teaching us to dance together as God's people. Keeping in step with the Spirit means that we restore the one caught in sin. Look at verse 1. Chapter 6, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. It starts off by saying, you who are spiritual. Who's he speaking to? Just the community group leaders? So he's just talking to Gary and to Eric and to Marcos, right? Maybe to the deacons. He's just talking to Raphael and to Kevin, Maybe just the pastors. Maybe just Al and Corey. No. He's talking to you. Because remember what the scripture taught us? Everyone who is a Christian has the spirit. You who are spiritual is another way of saying you who are a believer. Are you a believer? Then you are spiritual. So you have the responsibility. I have the responsibility. If we're going to keep in step with the spirit, then we're going to be alert to coming alongside a brother or a sister in Christ who is caught in a sin. How do we then help restore them? Well, notice the contrast between 526, let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another, and 6-1, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. See, the former, those in 526, are conceited. They're provoking. They're even envious of others. If restoring someone who is caught in a sin is like helping someone who is sick, maybe has a spiritual cold, get over that cold before it turns into pneumonia, then we're to do it in a spirit of gentleness and humbly, making sure that we look at our own hearts because we're very capable of being exactly where they're at. But unfortunately, those out of step with the Spirit, those who are in La Rueda and doing exactly the wrong step at the wrong time, so you're bumping into the other person as they're moving that way. You're supposed to be moving that way, but you're moving this way, so you're bumping into them. Is the person who's conceited, the person that would be provoking instead of being gentle, proud, feeling superior, That can manifest itself in a couple of ways. Number one, you're so proud and you're so conceited that you don't even notice that that family hasn't been at church for two and a half months. You really could care less. You know, it's your world and everybody else is welcome to it. It's the me, me, me channel. So I don't even pay attention. I don't even care if someone is struggling. I don't even care about that person who's really burdened with some sort of chronic disease that is eating their soul alive and they're crying out, maybe silently, maybe verbally. They're saying, please help me. But it's like, nah, it's just all about me. Or, and this is the one I more relate to, sadly, and I confess this with with shame, that there are times where in my envy of others, particularly others that have hurt me and just talked a lot of trash about me, particularly on the internet. And I find out they have a little cold. This is sad, church. I'm not boasting in this. I'm just trying to be real with you, okay? There's a part of me 
that says, huh, serves them right. I don't want them to get pneumonia, but yeah, maybe they should just lie in bed for a while and be miserable physically. How sad. How sad. How out of step with the spirit I can be. And I don't know, maybe if you can relate to that, you can be. Instead of, instead of saying, ha-ha, it serves them right, I feel vindicated, I feel superior now. No, I roll up my sleeves. In verse one, I'm gentle, I'm not provoking them. I don't just yell at them, get out of the bed. But I'm gentle with them, I roll up my sleeves. I get the cold compress and put it on their diseased and fevered forehead. I give them some chicken soup, some spiritual chicken soup. And I do it all humbly, realizing I'm a bigger sinner than they are. Paul talked about, I'm the chief of sinners. See, what does this look like, church? It's pretty practical, isn't it? I mean, keeping step. This is not a difficult step in one sense, but it's a very difficult step in the other sense. It's not intellectually like hard to grasp, but sometimes it's hard to do. See, what this looks like, guys, and we're going to be talking about some of this on the 25th, it looks like caring enough about others that I actually go and get into context where I, I can observe their lives. It's taking the risk to ask that question. It's, it's being there for them. It's not just saying, ah, that's okay. They'll get over it. But actually caring and asking that careful question and being willing to do it humbly and being willing to do it looking at my own heart first and realizing I'm a worse sinner than they are and really believing it, not ever thinking I'm superior, but trusting my Savior and saying, I'm going to help you. I'm going to nurse you back to life in one sense. See, what, what this step is, is what Jesus talked about in Matthew 18. When he talked about fellowship in the church, when he talked about building his church, and he said, if someone is sinning, you go to them first one-on-one, and if he won't listen to you, bring someone else, and if he won't listen to them, bring someone else. But this is, this is God's heart. This is a father's heart. This is godly discipline that helps the person In Hebrews, it would say the limb that is lame, that is crooked, would be reset so that that person can run again. There are many metaphors here. But the bottom line is someone who's caught in a sin were to restore them with gentleness. So that's the first step of this dance. Keeping in step with the Spirit is being willing to restore the brother or sister that is in sin. But look at the second step, verse 2. 6-2. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Bearing one another's burdens now broadens the command to care for one another to address areas that are not sin. And these are really the areas that we mostly live with day in and day out. As we bear one another's sins, excuse me, as we bear one another's cares, we do it in those areas where we're just burdened. We, We live in this world. Well, before I give you some examples, let me tell you how important this is. If you look at that text, it says, in so doing, you will fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? Well, remember what Corey preached two weeks ago in Galatians 5, 13 to 14 on the screen. For you were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another for the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. See, the law of Christ is the law of love. This is what Jesus said when they asked him, what's the greatest commandment, Lord? He said, well, there's really two that are one. 
Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. This is the law of Christ. This is the law that we are fulfilling. This is keeping in step with the Spirit. This is the rhythm. This is the beat. This is the melody that is playing in God's kingdom. It's the, it's the kingdom of love. It's the law of love. It was most perfectly revealed in Christ's life, in his death, in his resurrection, his ascension. These are the concrete expressions of love. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a propitiation or as an atoning sacrifice for us. So the, the foundation of this beat, of this rhythm, of this song is the gospel. But are we dancing in step with it? The only way we can is to bear one another's burdens. Friends, because he bore our burdens on the cross. We can bear others' burdens here on this earth. We can never do it the way he bore ours because he alone is God. He alone bore our sins. But as his followers, as Christians, those in his image, we joyfully bear others' burdens. Do you know this step? Are you keeping in step with the Spirit by bearing one another's burdens? Now let's get down to the specifics. How do you bear your brother's burdens? Well, here is the first way you do. You make time to be in context where you know your brother's burdens or your sister's burdens. You, you make time to attend the small groups, to make the phone calls, to come to church, to have the conversations in the hallway when you're dropping your kids off. You, you say, I I am going to dance and step with the Spirit. I'm going to live my life and step with the Spirit who indwells me. Those very spiritual desires are, that the Spirit puts within us are those things that move us toward community group, move us toward equip, move us toward the youth meetings, move us toward making that phone call, move us toward calling someone and saying, hey, come on over for dinner tonight. And we want to obey those desires. And let me give you an example. So, Last week, at the end of last week, I had a meal with an old friend, someone who's in the church and someone who we regularly meet together. And, uh, and so he's just asking me questions. And one of the questions he asked me was about my, my spouse. And he asked if there was a certain, some issues in our marriage and, and uh, nothing huge. He's asking, how's it going? And I gave him an answer that I thought was right. And then the next day, my wife and I were taking a walk and just talking and praying a little bit. And I said, hey, you know, by the way, so-and-so asked me this, and this is what I told him. And I said, is that accurate? And she said, well, <laughs> kind of, sort of. <laughs> so I wasn't dead wrong, but I learned some things that I hadn't learned before. And, and it just so happened, I had forgotten this, that my wife had been with his wife having a lunch sometime or previous to that. And so I was able to actually call him back and say, thank you so much for caring for us and bearing our burdens. Again, this isn't a horrible stuff. This is not an area of sin, by the way. This is just the regular burdens of life. And I said this, thank you enough. Thanks for caring enough to ask the question. Do you care enough to ask the question? See, sometimes I don't want to ask the question because <laughs> I know the answer is going to be an hour and 22 minutes. And if anybody know me, I have the attention span of about less than 20 minutes. Sometimes I don't want to ask the question because what they tell me may be a little difficult to hear. Sometimes, most of the time, I don't want to ask the question because I just don't want to be bothered with that. 
I have enough stuff going on in my life. Here's the question. Can we trust the Holy Spirit to give us the grace to be involved in one another's lives to ask the question? And it's asked humbly. I'm not talking about sin issues here, okay? It's just, it's just a question. It could be as simple as, how's it going in school? They can open up a whole nother thing. They can open up a whole nother thing. They can open up a whole nother thing. And I'm not going to solve anybody's problem. But you know what? I can link arms and say, let me bear that burden with you. And then we link arms here and we link arms here, man. And then before you know it, we're in La Rueda dancing. And the world looks at it. Listen, we don't dance perfectly. Some of us dance with more rhythm than others, okay? I'm the rhythm and challenge guy. But they look at it and they go, look at that dance they're dancing. It's the gospel. They may not understand it, but they see it. Why does he care for her? Why does she care for him? Why are they caring for one another? They're so different. But they really care for each other. Not perfectly, but they do. And it's because of Jesus. It's because of Jesus. Obviously, so far, what what have we seen? That this keeping in step with the spirit is a community responsibility. But oh friends, no time to go into this in a lot of detail. But in verses three to five, God shifts the attention to personal accountability. Keeping in step with the spirit is primarily going to be expressed and exercised in community, in, as a church and a community responsibility. But there is a personal accountability. In verses three to five, what God is saying I invite you to study this on your own. We can talk later if you'd like. Is that even though you live this out in community, you will stand before God alone. Not even your spouse will be with you. It will be you alone. And you will answer to God alone for how you kept in step with the Spirit. Now the good news is, Paul says on that day, I boast. He's not boasting in himself. He's boasting in Christ because here's the truth. Here's the gospel. In Jesus Christ, you are fully justified. You are fully sanctified. You are fully glorified. That stuff hasn't been fully consummated yet. It's the already not yet. But because Jesus promised to be our righteousness and righteousness includes justification, right with God, sanctification, being conformed to the image of Jesus, glorification, one day having a body that will never die and never end and will live forever and ever and ever. We've got it in Jesus. So I'm boasting in Christ. That's what he's saying here. But listen, friend, you stand before God on how you kept in step with the spirit. It's both and not either or you got it. All right. Point three, third step of this beautiful dance is you do good to the one in need. If the first step of this Holy Spirit gospel dance that brings glory to God is that we are restoring with gentleness and humility the one who's caught in sin. And if the second step is that we bear one another's burdens, broadening it out to just the stuff of life. The third step is that we do good to the one in need. And that need is primarily financial. Look at verse six. One who is taught the word must share all good things with the one who teaches And that all good things there is speaking of financial help. Again, no time to go into detail, but this is a study for you. How many times Paul 
both in Acts when he's traveling and in the epistles, especially Corinthians, says to God's people, listen, when I come, I'm going to receive the offering. For example, you Gentiles in Corinth are receiving, and in that whole Greek, Greek peninsula, are receiving for the saints in Israel because there's been a famine and they're starving to death. Hey, when I get to Philippi, hey, when I get to this place or that place, he talks a lot about, I'm going to meet the needs of others. He talks a lot about money and giving. Again, this step is not intellectually difficult to get, but ooh, is it hard to do at times. Some of us are a little more than others. If you're not Hispanic, that means cheap in Spanish. That's Spanish for cheap. Or at least the Spanish I grew up with. Jeez, I hope it doesn't mean something horrible in the Spanish you grew up with. Can you imagine? It's so practical, isn't it? And he says, as you have the means to do it, do it. Again, it kind of, it all works on itself, doesn't it? To be able to meet your need and to do good to you in this area of financial help and resources, I first have to understand, where are you financially? It's not like I'm running financials on you, you know, tapping, you know, hacking into your bank account. No, it's not that at all. And I'm like, hey, bro, how you doing? Good, fine. What's going on? Again, remember, ask the question. Sometimes you're afraid to ask this one. You guys doing okay? Before the answer, you leave. (laughs) Say, yeah, we are. I said, but then, and then if you be bold, say, how you guys, I'm financial. I remember you were telling me that you had, you know, your roof blew off. And I remember telling me you might not have, you know, $42,000 to replace it. How's that going? Now, I can't give anybody $42,000, but maybe I can give them $42.52. I'm not joking here. But what if 20 of us gave him $42.52? And that's not even what God's going after. You know what God's going after? That we care enough to ask the question. And the world sees that and they go, you got $42.52 from 20 people in your church and I've seen what they drive. They gave you that? Yeah, why? Because Jesus. See, See where that's going? This is the gospel. It's the gospel dance. It's the gospel move. It's, it's, it's what's happening. And then he reminds us here in these verses at the end of chapter six that the sowing and reaping thing that Corey talked about last week, this, this you know, following the desires of the spirit and all those fruits of the spirit versus following the desires of the flesh which sadly still battles within us um, you know, in all the fruits of the flesh, how there's this sort of eternal thing going on here. He reminds us of that again at the end of chapter six. Look at it. Verse seven. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whoever, for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. Verse eight. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. This is what Corey preached last week. Don't follow the desires of the flesh. This is what they look like. Bad stuff. But the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. Listen, you are of the spirit. You are a Christian. Be who you are. Follow those desires of the spirit. And let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season we will reap for if we do not give up. So then as we have opportunity, let us do good. And I believe that's give financially to those. Let us do good to everyone, especially to those who are of the household of faith. See, this step looks like generous giving. This, this is a call to live to give. It's the step of generosity, not just with my money, but also with my time, with my talents. Yes, with my treasures. It's sowing to the spirit. 
It's when your wife taps you on the, on the shoulder, guys, and says, listen, I, I just felt led today at church to help meet that need or at least ask them how they're doing or this one's having a child and maybe they need some stuff that they can't afford. And sometimes it's not even financially. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's childcare. Maybe it's wash their car. Eric, I'm trying to get your car washed here, okay? Maybe it's mow their lawn. Maybe it is repair their car. You don't have the money to help them pay for that, but you're a mechanic and, oh, you've changed brakes before. And if it's a guy like me, like, brakes, what are those? And, you know, you come over and you prop it up in my driveway and next thing you know, I got, I got some new brakes for, you know, $64.22 and 10 hours of work and four scraped knuckles versus $600, you know, that wherever's going to charge you. Juanito charges you in Hialeah to fix your brakes. See what I'm talking about? Maybe it's, maybe it's tutoring someone. Maybe it's someone's in your career trying to get in your career. You can pull up alongside them and encourage them. Give them some understanding how they could get accepted to this. I don't know. It's financial. You can do their taxes. I don't know. You understand? It's, it's, it's myriad. It's wide open. It almost doesn't matter what it is. It's what you can do. And generously to help others. Before we close, I do want to encourage you, though, with this one thing. Verse 9 speaks, I think, to most of you seated here today. Read, read with it with me again. Verse 9. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. There are some of you sitting here right now and saying, Al, I have lived my whole life without to give to others. We've always gotten the used cars, the used couches, the used everything, you know, so that our lives, we could live inexpensively to give the most we can to the church and other people. I've served people. Al, I've done it for no money. I've counseled late into the night. I've, I've grieved over marriages. It's been 25, 30 years. And Al, I just want you to know, I'm really tired. It's like the farmer who, who, who plows the ground and does the backbreaking work, but hasn't yet seen the first fruit Hasn't yet seen that first orange from the orange tree. You're just tired, man. You're human. God understands that. That's why he put that here. Don't grow weary. Because you're going to reap in due season. It is going to be amazing. And I'm sorry that you're weary. And I know it hurts. And I know at times you just want to say, I quit, man. I give up. But, but by, I pray God the Spirit give you the grace to keep going. Okay, because, you know, I'm an old man now. I dance salsa for a little while and I'm just so tired after a while. But the Holy Spirit gives me the strength to keep dancing, man. To not grow cynical and say, you know what? I'm going to get mine. You get yours, whatever. That's the world. That's not the song that we're dancing to. He give you grace. I know you're tired. Some of you, I, I, this is a word for you. God will give you grace to keep trusting him for that relationship. Keep trusting him, okay? And keep giving, amen? All right. Well, here's the appeal, church. We're back at the wedding. We're back at La Rueda, right? We're back at watching maybe Maite. Maite and Nestor can dance very well. Others can dance very well. They know all these dances. They're the ones that gave me all the things to say here for that dance. (laughs) And some of us are sitting there, you know, we're just kind of sitting on the bench and we're watching and they're all just having a blast. And we're just like, 
I, 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 don't know, I don't know the steps. I don't know the steps. God's going to teach them to you. And we're willing to teach them to you. And no one's going to laugh at you if you don't get them right right away. Because we none of us do. None of us do. But get in the dance. Get in step with the Spirit. And as we do, we're not only having fun, and we do have fun, but the world sees it. Church, this is the strength of Palm Vista. We love the party. You get that, right? We have the gift of partying at this church. <laughs> we do. We, we will have a party quicker than you could say anything. Party, yeah. 45 people are there. Let's use that. Let's, ha- let's party. But let's party and step with the Spirit. Let's party by serving one another. Let's party by helping that one that's caught in sin. Let's party by bearing one another's burdens, understanding what their burdens is, being involved in us to even know their burdens. Let's party by doing good to one another. You see what I'm saying? That's God's party. That's God's dance. That's God's spirit. And he's in us. So let's follow those desires of the spirit in Jesus' name, dancing his song by his rhythm, his beat, his steps, as he calls out to us as a church. And finally, If you're growing weary, I pray that God the Spirit would lift your eyes this morning. That you would see the eternal harvest that is yours already in Christ. You don't have it fully yet, but it's it's yours in Christ. And what God will give you the grace to keep going. That you would keep dancing that dance. That you would keep in step with the Spirit. Keep doing good, not growing weary. For the Spirit assures you of the glory that is already yours in Christ that will be revealed on that last day. Hang in there, church. Let's pray. Worship team, would you join me?